Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Hi there and welcome to the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. I am beyond excited that you are here this week uh, to listen to the interview that I'm about to do. So, um, so, but what have you been up to? So if you're following me on social media, if you're following me on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, uh, when you see this up, I'd love for you to say, you know, what are you working on with your personal brand at the moment? So for me, I've been out working with people in their personal brands, so mostly leaders within organizations and uh, certainly with experts in their field, as I usually do as well, and working with best-selling authors and people like that. And uh, But uh, this week, I recently worked with a group of female academics in a university, and I love working with uh, academics in universities, but in particular, female academics because you know there's so many challenges for women in corporate but academics is and academia you know you've got a whole lot of extra stuff with research and there's a there's a big connection to identity in work for academics you know there's a it's life so quite often what they're doing is really life-changing work that can impact you know millions of people in some cases you know they're working on the cures for cancer and all these types of things um and so one of the challenges though is being able to share their expertise and knowledge and get out there and collaborate with organizations and do um, undertake opportunities and do a lot of uh sometimes things like research translation and working with the media and that kind of stuff so um so it's been um, a really enjoyable few weeks and uh and particularly the work that we we're doing with universities is really fun and we've been doing uh, some work around the expert to influencer model how to build your personal brand how to have an impact um, and without looking cocky or arrogant so I'm um, you know it's a it's a real fine line isn't it with personal branding to be able to kind of put yourself out there but finding it hard to not necessarily blow your own trumpet uh, in fact I got to see James Clear speak um, this week I was part of Thought Leaders Business School and their faculty and uh, I got to ask him the question, uh, how do you, what's your personal brand strategy? Because he doesn't like to have his face seen. Uh, if you're a fan of James Clear and his, his New York Times bestselling author and his book Atomic Habits, um, he, he has created that New York Times bestseller status multiple times over. Like he's, the amount he's selling is extraordinary. Fantastic book if you haven't read it. Um, but the thing with James is that you can't find his face anywhere. It's not on his books. It's not on his website. Um, he's not on, he's got social media, but he doesn't put his face on anything. So he's a really interesting case study in how you build a personal brand with very minimal visibility of your face. Um, and our, our face is what creates human connection and allows us to connect easily with you. Um, but his response was, uh, in the um, realm of not necessarily wanting to be 
uh, famous and wanting his work to speak for himself. So uh, if you haven't seen it already, you can jump on the blog. I talk a bit about my in, uh, in my interpretation of that and what that means for the average person who doesn't have a New York Times bestselling book and is it possible to build your personal brand like him um, without being super visible with your face all over the place. <laughs> so it's an interesting question um, that I've been asked in the past and it was interesting to hear his response. So um, so things that are coming up, if you haven't come across it already, um, you should see that um, we have the content creation bootcamp that is on in July, uh, on the 12th to 13th of July. It's a two day bootcamp where we're creating enough content in two days for an entire year. So um, I think James Clear would probably be you know, pretty happy with that, I'd like to think. <laughs> Although he spends, he said in his interview, he spends around eight to 10 hours on one blog. So, but um, in this workshop, what we're gonna do is create 12 months worth of content in two days. And it is content that's you know um, credible. It's going to be really powerful for your IP, IP and sharing your expertise and knowledge and building your brand. So uh, if you haven't jumped on, you can jump onto the events area on the website. Uh, we've only got a few spots left, so you can jump on and have a look at that. And of course, all the other events that are coming up for the rest of the year. There's a few workshops there on um, how to uh, build a, a powerful presentation. Uh, as well as we have the Power of You retreat coming up in October on the Gold Coast, which will be fantastic. So um, so jump on, you can find out more about those on the events page. Uh, but for today, I'm going to share with you and um, introduce you to my very special guest who has joined us today. And the reason why I've uh, decided to interview this guest is because one of the most common things that I am asked is how to improve your presentations and how to improve your speaking. But what is the game of speaking? What is, you know, how do you become a professional speaker? So I'm a professional speaker, I'm a certified speaking professional, I'm a member of the National Speakers Association uh, in the US as well as in Australia, the Professional Speakers Association here. And a certified speaking professional, um, about 7% of speakers globally have the certification. So we have to go through a whole bunch of hoops of you know, showing, proving that we've been paid for um, speaking, um, we've built products, we've built keynotes, showreels, um, uh, uh, the testimonials, the organizations we've worked with, all that sort of stuff. And um, But I do get asked a lot. I help people build their keynotes. Um, in fact, we've got a, a workshop, a masterclass coming up in September um, where I'm just working with a small group of people to, to tighten up on their keynote. Um, but it's one of the things that really positions you well and builds your personal brand. And I love the quote from James Humes, who was the uh, speechwriter for Ronald Reagan, where he said, every time you speak you're auditioning for a position of leadership and i think it's such a great quote and it's so true is when you're seen to be speaking and presenting it's a really big part of your personal brand and building your authority and influence so um so uh so the person that i'm interviewing today is one of those people who can answer a lot of questions about the speaking game the speaking business and how you go about building your brand and becoming a professional speaker so our guest today is a lady called Taryn Dean, and she is the president of the uh, Professional Speakers Association here in Australia. So Taryn Dean, she's a leading keynote speaker, executive advisor and communications consultant. She has more than 41,000 hours of leadership across really diverse industries, including finance, tourism, 
NGOs, NGOs are non-government organisations, uh, disabilities, mining, aged care and associations. So Taryn is the author of the book called The Alphabet Principle, your A to Z guide of being a compelling leader. Uh, she's a King Ducati 800 Monster owner, would you believe? <laughs> she is the Australian ambassador for the Smart Rider Safety Program as well. Uh, Taryn, she speaks across Australia, uh, Asia and, uh, and the US as well. She is um, also the part, uh, current um, uh, national president of the Professional Speakers Association in Australia, the industry body and director of uh, Gangala Aboriginal Training Centre and Church. So Taryn is the founder of Corporate Cinderella Leadership Development Company as well. On weekends though, you might be able to find her riding through the hills, which is about an hour north of where she lives. Uh, and that's in uh, Thor country. So if you're a fan of Chris Hemsworth, then it's around his territory. Uh, and she's a regular conference speaker, podcaster, author. She's ranked in the top leadership influences in LinkedIn, and she's a force for good on the planet. So sit back, enjoy, or if you're on your treadmill or you're out walking, enjoy the interview with Taryn Dean. I hope it helps you to be able to build your influence and authority positioning as a speaker and building your personal brand. Enjoy. Welcome to the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. I am super excited that you are here today. Uh, we have a very, very special guest who I've been dying to bring on the show for a long time. And so today wow. is the day. <laughs> so our speaker today has been helping leaders to go from good to great for almost 10 years. She's an internationally recognised expert, author and executive coach in leadership, change and communication. Would you believe she's helped more than 36,000 leaders worldwide and she has a book which is called The Alphabet Principle, Your A to Z Guide of Being a Compelling Leader. It's sold globally as far as New York, Singapore, Ireland and Tamworth. Her mum ever a copy. That's right, that's right. <laughs> She is the 2018 president for the Professional Speakers Australia, the national peak body for professional communicators who inform, inspire and influence. She has also had a past career as a national executive in a $55 million national not-for-profit. And our speaker and guest today enjoys the fast lane of another kind, though, on her Ducati 800 Monster. Would you believe it? She doesn't... Doesn't look like this, this lean bean motorcycling machine. So I think it's super cool. Um, and would you believe she even has done some work with the UN? And and she's got this incredible quote that says, "The Deputy Director General of the United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs said, thank you, you've given me hope for the future.' And I reckon that's a great, great quote to capture what this woman does." So please put your hands together and welcome the amazing Taryn Dean. Jane Anderson, I'm so excited to be with you. I have just followed you for so many years. I've admired you both from a distance and up close and I'm honoured to come and spend some time with you today and, uh, yeah, speak with you and share all manner of things. Oh, you are so kind. You know, Taryn's one of those people, you know, I, when I think about you, I think of, you know, on the show we often talk about what's the first thing we think about people with their brand and, and mm. I think of poise, grace, elegance and 
combined with um, compassionate and courageous leadership. And so I'm really, you know, Karen, Karen has been such a supporter of me in my career. So I feel so um, grateful to have you on today because now everybody gets to get a bit of Taryn love as well and it's not just Oh, me. you're awesome. <laughs> you're awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Look, I feel the same way and it's, it's just really interesting. Um, when I started uh, doing what I was doing what I'm doing today, transitioning from corporate, I went, how do I do it without selling my soul? Yeah. How do I combine grace and grit? Mm. How do I combine femininity and strength and be unapologetic for the wholeness of myself, yes. for what I bring to the table and to my market and audience? So as you know, sometimes those two uh, groups are different, the audience and the market. Sometimes the end recipient of our service is not necessarily the decision maker. So being able to package what we do and come forward and be uh, confident in who we are, um, I think we've just got to role model it. If we're trusted with a platform and we're out in front, then we've just got to lead from the front where we are with boldness and humility. Yeah, and I think you just totally epitomised that you're an incredible leader for <laughs> your clients you. and, and in your role as, as um, National President for PSA. You do so much for us as speakers to advance, advance the industry. Um, so, Taryn, you know, the real goal, what I wanted to do is to, to um, there were two purposes to ask Taryn to join us today. Yeah. One was to uh, tap into the Taryn Dean branch. She's got an incredible brand and what she's built and the hard work that she's put in to do that. And then and then I'd love to, for you to take us on the journey a little bit with that. And then also the other reason why I asked Taryn to come on today was, you know, as part of being an influencer, a big part of that is speaking and being able to present. So why not? get the head honcho on, let's, <laughs> you know, so I know what my experience has been with PSA, but, and there's some changes happening around PSA and just how, how the um, speaking industry works in Australia and globally and things like that. So I kind of had two purposes to bring Taryn on. Um, so okay. Taryn, first of all, to give you, you know, the chance, can you tell us about, you know, who are the people you work with? Like who, who do you influence and in your yeah. um I think we influence just about everyone we come in contact with intentionally or, or unintentionally. In the context of my business, though, I'm very intentional that I uh, have grown from my initial ideas when I transitioned in 2009 from my senior exec role. I went, everyone needs to hear this message of eliminating fear, maximising talent and accepting responsibility. But having uh, done a little bit of study and skirted around the edges of tools like Spiral Dynamics and uh, the Values Pendulum uh, with uh, Dr. Claire Cope out of Melbourne, you know, I'm, I'm very much aware that we need to actually target those people that are ready to take action. So yeah. that's where the C-suite executives uh, have become my target um, market yes. so that I'm equipping them to then lead their people, those that are in the middle sphere of middle management or emerging team leader um, traits. Yes. And so in doing that, they're my key influences. But one of the other things that I've recognised as you and I both appreciate, Jane, as speakers, mm. is that there will be people sitting in our audience mm. that we may not have the occasion to come and speak one-on-one -on -one with who actually go, and go away from our sessions with an impression on their heart, their mind and their spirit 
and they may go back to their workplaces and they may just keep remembering some of what we've shared. They may tell someone else who tells someone else and then out of the blue, so to speak, in inverted commas, we find out that someone has come to us as a result of a referral. Yes. So I've learned not to take the platform for granted. I've learned to trust that every time we bring a word in season, whether spoken across social media or through our, our books and publications, that we're touching people's lives. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's those, it is those multiple touch points, isn't it? So whether yes. it's, absolutely. you know, social media, Taryn does an incredible amount of work with her social media to, to keep her message connected to those people who, because we never know who's watching. Like you said, the audience is, is uh, physical platforms, but today it's digital platforms. It's that's right. Webcasts, yeah. Webcasting. So we've the the multiple ways to get that message out just uh, continues to evolve. So yeah. So Taryn, I know when you early in your career, when you first when you left corporate you actually had uh you had a slightly different brand we still see it every now and again can you yeah. tell us a bit about your evolution yeah. to tarandine.com and how that sure. yeah um you know leaving a, leaving a senior exec role where you've got a support team around you and knowing I'm speaking in the third person. Let me speak from the first person. Yes. I, I knew I had a key message. I also knew that I lacked the resources around me that I'd previously had for mm -hmm. close to 20-odd years in different roles. Mm -hmm. And so I needed to put a structure around what I was doing and also begin to get clear on how do I charge for the knowledge I bring to the table when previously I used to give it away as part of my uh, either my executive salary because I'd negotiate that contract at the start of employment and then annually, yes. or that which I'd give away. Uh, some of you know that I'm involved in Christian ministry, so I'd do guest pastoring or guest preaching, and, of course, that would be for no fee. That was love. So trying to make that transition from free to fee without selling my soul right. and undervaluing what I did was key. And so three months into that transition piece, I was watching uh, the fabulous uh, Drew Barrymore in a film called Ever After. Mm -hmm. And I looked at that take on an old fairy tale. I get a lot of messaging from uh, the metaphors of movies. Yes. And so I looked at her in the portrayal of Cinderella in that day and I went, my goodness, look at the courage she's demonstrating. Look at the innovation, you know, instead of, pushing through a door or pushing out the glass ceiling. She's actually had Leonardo da Vinci come in and just lift that thing off the hinges. Mm. No need for force. Look how she negotiated. Look how diligent she was. And you, you might get a sense of where I'm going. Mm. Through that word Cinderella, I began to identify 10 words, C-I-N-D-E-R-E-L-L-A, that stemmed from that. Right. And so a few weeks later, I was in a mastermind group in Sydney. I was learning about the power of alliteration in marketing. Yes. I was considering who are my key audience members? Who's my key client? You know, is it women in senior leadership where I'd come from? And so out of that, corporate Cinderella was birthed. Right. And that was then launched uh, as our company name in December of 2012, Corporate mm -hmm. Cinderella Proprietary Limited. It continues to be our company name. Right. And I 
used that brand to really disrupt an industry and challenge the status quo where people may think they have a perceived idea of what it means to be strong and feminine, of what it means to combine grace and grit. Mm -hmm. And what was really interesting where some people were, no, it's not for me, I would say that the majority of people that that came to me with feedback were totally um, captivated by the title. And was it appropriate to use the word Cinderella? Uh, Did that diminish the growth and the achievements of women that have fought for equal rights? Was it pushing a stereotype that was no longer relevant? (laughs) But really, for me, it was about transformational leadership, going from good to great. Yes. Russell Crowe in The Cinderella Man was uh, portrayed the, I think it was 1937 to 1939, a year or so different, world heavyweight champion James Braddock in The Cinderella Man. I went, actually, this is a message for men and women. And so it was no surprise that as I tracked over the course of six months where my client leads were coming from, where the conversions were coming from, 52% were men, 48% women. 85% of uh, decision-making roles during that early period of 2012 to 2017 were identified as men making the decisions around where would the spend happen. And if not directly as a CEO, then for some of the associations, for example, Jane, that I worked with, they had um, male decision-makers or chairmen of the board. And so they needed to have buy-in, they needed to feel safe with such a title. Yes. But the change for me from Corporate Cinderella to Tarendine is I was looking at trademarking. Right. And in, I think it would have been around 2015, we began, maybe even earlier, we began that trademarking process and then discovered that a small company, some might, peop- some might know around the world, that had registered a trademark for Cinderella. And so I needed to come out from the safety net of hiding behind my company name and give myself permission to be more and more the face of the brand. And so while the mothership is there as the company, Taryn Dean emerged uh, from the shadows and my social media began to change. My portraits on a lot of my social media, there's call to actions on most of the the social media uh, memes. I'm a slow starter when it comes to Instagram. Yes. Uh, Instagram is still listed as Corporate Cinderella at the moment with the other platforms being at Tarendine. Yes. And so I'm waiting to like update some new bio photos before I make that change and sort of transfer the traffic across to Tarendine on Instagram. Yes. But that's my story with the brand. And so I continue wow. to evolve. Yeah. And what have you so noticed? Having- Sorry, go ahead. And now we're um, using hashtags like Taran Talks, Taran Tips, uh, Taran Travel, that sort of thing, Taran Retreats. Yeah. Great. And Mm. what have you noticed now that you've stepped into your brand and your name and has it made it easier? Has it made it, it, what's the perception or has it like of you or has it created more access or what have you, what have you noticed? Um, it's a, that's a really good question. It's hard to say because of the relationship value that I bring and the repeat client business that I have as well, that even with corporate Cinderella, for example, 
on LinkedIn, most of my social media posts were going across the company page plus Taryn Dean. And so people were buying the face of the brand and now they've come to know the person. So the person uh, who who has those one-on-one conversations is well able to um, deliver even more on the trust and the likability and the certainty factor that leads to conversion then with yes. uh, new business. Yes. Yeah. Because they, yeah, they were always buying Taryn Dean, even though yeah. there was a, you had the other brand that was alongside that. But now it's just that because you put in all that work in terms of building yeah building the customer base, you know, staying connected, looking after them, serving them, um, all that trust mm. was built anyway. So, Well, yeah, you're right. And, and now I reflect on it. Like building the company straight up, the intention behind that was to create scalability so that I could then bring team members on, that I was building something of value and shifting, uh, you know, from a practice into a a fully-fledged business. The tension um, that I had was that my confidence had not reached that place and I spent too much time on developing systems in the early days than I did on on generating the cash flow. And so there was a tension there for, say, the first three years and, and now I'm in my ninth year. I think yes ninth year in business so next year we celebrate a decade oh my goodness but the but the beauty with that is that um you know the market is very forgiving and so we need to forgive ourselves if if we hide behind a company name or, or brand and what I one thing that made a major difference for me Jane um, yeah. initially you know, being involved in an annual mastermind program was essential to my growth. But second to that was actually uh, trusting someone to develop a corporate mini documentary for me. Right. That I initially thought would be a showreel for my speaking uh, revenue portion of my business. Yes. But I trusted the producer of this film who said, no, no. You may lose customers as a result of this because people will look at you and go, I don't think we can afford her because right. it now elevates your status as a person of influence and authority. Yes. And he then followed it with, I'd be really interested to track the change that takes place in you yourself as a result of that investment. And I know that I stepped into a higher calling. I know that I stepped into a new purpose. I recall um, as a result of those two investments, walking through Sydney Airport, almost like a scene out of Pretty Woman, that old movie with Richard Gere and uh, Julia Roberts, where I had my navy pinstripe blazer on, my three-quarter um, jeans, my high shoes, white T-shirt, pearls, and as I walked through Sydney Airport, I shifted from this, I hope I'm doing the right thing, to... I know exactly where I'm going. Right. And with, and with that came this quiet confidence and resolution that this will work. Right. I got a glimpse of my future self and that makes a difference. It, yeah. I reckon it really does. Um, yeah. You're spot on because, you know, quite often, I don't know if you find this and you work closely with influencers, um, yeah. is that quite often we say, I'll do that when I feel more confident or I'll do this when I feel more confident. I'll have those, I'll have a a documentary video or I'll have 
these collaterals and yeah. I feel better. Um, but it it takes it, it's counterintuitive, but it works in that when you create those collaterals, whether it's videos, whether it's photos, whatever it is, is and to work with someone who can see that in you of mm. what you're trying to do, but you, it's going, I don't know how to do this. I, I know kind of what I'm trying to do. But to get someone who can articulate that and help you to... And draw it out. And pull yeah, it out. Draw it out and give expression. Yeah, in, in such a safe way where you also then have some fun and yes. you let your hair down and... You, and uh, with it comes that emotion and I recall, you know, the quote that you opened with that I shared from the Deputy Director General for the Office of United, what is yeah. it? The Office of the Outer Space Affairs. When I was sharing with Michael um, Hanson, my producer of my mini documentary, that piece, like I got really choked up because you go, you know, I was almost intimidated having a conversation with this lady and sharing the platform with her in Malaysia and because she was just incredible and I had no sense that she would look at me and go, you're just incredible. <laughs> and it's a little bit like that, um, you know, that thing that sometimes we enter into where it's almost um, comparison yes. and unbelief yes. and not so much the imposter syndrome, but it's that I can't believe I've been given this privilege and so it comes from that service point, not like I doubt my ability, but it was, wow. And I got choked up and, it, and Michael captured that in the video. So, you know, there's that piece and then in investing and bringing my whole self to the table and riding um, one of my earlier Ducatis through the hills of northern New South Wales here in Australia. Yes. And I go, that's who I am. Yeah. It's my whole self and that's what people want to buy. That's what they, that, because yeah. there's only one Taryn Dean. And that's right. <laughs> that's right. And, you know, it, that's, you know, I, I really believe that we're in this, this age and, uh, and time of experiences. And what is the Taryn Dean experience? So, yes, I can go and find out about yeah. it. Yes, I can go do that. But there's nothing like hanging out with Taryn Dean and being able to, have that experience of her, her Ducati, her energy, how she, how articulate she is, like that energy and that essence and that space you create for people, that's what you can't replicate. And um, yeah. it makes us so powerful. Thanks, Jane. So, <laughs> oh, look, I've experienced it. So, um, so you know, <laughs> I'm very, very lucky. Taryn and I have done a, a number of, we've been uh, over to Influence. Yes, we've done a couple of yeah. trips here and, you know, it's always wonderful when you're in a part of the world where you, you, you're in a different space. I mean, we've connected with a lot of um, co fellow colleagues through uh, NSA in the US and, and others speaking yeah. at the GSF. Uh, and so we've been very fortunate to do that. But there's nothing like uh, being with your fellow speaker, a local, when you're in another country and you're going, how good is this? <laughs> yeah, look, look exactly. Um, because you will, you know, if some of your listeners are like you and I and they're part of an association or a membership body, they'll often go to events where it's once a month and it's in and out. Sure, you might have like 30 minutes pre and post you know, event to connect with each other, then it's all digital. Yes. But when you actually go to an immersion retreat where you actually get to wander through the hallways with someone over the course of three or four days or 
you know, I hosted my first ever international leadership retreat in 2018. I to ask you about. Yeah. 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 So, so do you want me to cover that now? Yeah, well, tell us about the conference and then tell us about... Yeah, so um, Influence Conference, I went this year wearing my hat of Volunteer National President for Professional Speakers Australia and Chairman of the Board. And I needed to step into that role, not just be Taryn Dean, the business owner and speaker, but actually go, oh, I am the perceived figurehead of this organisation. Sure, I have a title and I appreciate that and I revere that. Um, and I recognise the responsibility that comes with it, but I'm actually also allowed to enjoy that, which means going up and really purposefully connecting with uh, people who may not have um, been to any of the events before. We get to connect with high-level speakers and understand what they're doing to shape the status quo in their industry and, in fact, how they're leading in their businesses right where they are. For mm. you, from influence and trust and, for me, from that leadership and people and practice and process, mm. what are they doing when they go out into their marketplace? So knowing I was going to that conference in July about, gosh, I think it was only six weeks before, before that, I went... Wouldn't it be great if I just got out of my head and asked some of my alumni clients and some of the contacts, specific people on a segment of my database, hey, look, we're coming up to the end of June. If any of you have um, as yet uncommitted funds within your budget for your businesses, your associations, your not-for-profit, and you're looking at a, an international leadership immersion retreat, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm proposing. Let me know if you'd like to come. Here's the price point. And I capped it at a maximum of body of number of people that would fit in a minivan, basically. <laughs> that, that was my, they needed to fit in a minivan and they needed to be a certain, um, you know, we needed to cover all costs and make a small contribution uh, back to my business for yes. all the admin, et cetera. Yes. Now, out of that, I had three expressions of interest, so I would have liked seven people, had three expressions of interest and one person convert. Now, that's still not a bad ratio of conversion yeah. six weeks out from an international event. And it actually worked out for the best, Jane, yeah. because I framed it in my mind as a pilot trip. So I went to two states in the US to... Um, Nevada to Las Vegas and then down to Texas and specifically having identified the seven key components that I wanted to cover based on the framework of my business. So you know, I have seven aspects of leadership. So I had seven topics, seven sites. Um, I had aimed for seven cities, but that was, that was going to be too much in seven days, right. particularly as it ended up being a self-drive trip. So 2019 will look very different. Right. Um, I'll yeah. probably launch that formally just after the Christmas break right. and see what that looks like for numbers as to how that happens. But we are going to Denver, Colorado wow. and to Texas as well because I just fell in love with Texas. Really? We went to the home of Fixer Upper, yeah. Magnolia Studios um, in Waco, Texas. We went to a um, community first village also just outside Austin, Texas. So it was huge values fit for me 
for my clients as well in the not-for-profit sector. Mm. But I'd also reached out to folks that were part of uh, financial institutions that had also gone out and done some work in Central Australia right. in Indigenous communities. So actually getting back to basics around connecting with people, understanding culture, um, how you can hold on to your values and still develop a brand identity in a commercial environment has just proven to be um, really popular with my audiences and my database. So I think that could be a, a goer for 2019. I, I, you know, I think that's just so fantastic because, again, it comes back to, you know, yes, I could probably go online and I could go and find out about, um, you know, going to perhaps maybe I can go and see Fixer Upper and maybe I can jump on a plane, but... But if yep. you're with the Tarandine version of that, that's an entirely different experience. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Well, you know, um, the client who came with me, a lady called Linda, is general manager for an aged care and disability service. Okay. And uh, I just honour her surname, Privacy. But uh, yes. with Linda, she went, I can't believe how many people you just go up and talk to. Like I was basically having values-based mini uh conversation stroke interviews with people in hotels in lifts um, I was asking uh, about everything as it related to those seven signature elements that we run with with our leadership and then I was also teaching Linda how to capture that and build her influence as a key decision maker during a time of high quality assurance high scrutiny um, in her workplace and she's gone back into her workplace taken what we've what she's seen me do yes taken, taken the video blogging she's now interviewing her ceo she's now actually doing regular video bursts to her staff that work across a range of rosters and so it's building a greater sense of belonging that aligns to their values so if we go and do what we take for granted as the way that we do what we do wow. people go oh my gosh that must mean that if i spend some time with you maybe I can learn to be that comfortable yeah. in my skin and I can do that too. Yes. So there's the technical and then there's the confidence. So she got, she got an immersion retreat over seven days and she's on fire. Even now, four months on, I can't keep up. It's outstanding. It's outstanding. <laughs> it's a transformational experience for her. You know, that's where we get to really see. That's, you can't learn that in a classroom. You can't learn no. over a coffee session. Like that is the true immersion experience of everything. And as as leaders, as influencers, is that's what we're selling. We've got a skill, we've got something that we're able to do that we can help others to do. There's nothing quite like the experience of seeing that and going, wow, so this is actually, she actually does this. Like it's not yeah. that we talk about it. Is she does it. Now we actually, it just becomes, because it's immersive, it's yeah. now I just actually get to put this into practice and it starts to become a little bit of a I'm starting to form a habit, which creates yeah. action when they come back. It's so powerful. Yeah, it, 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 absolutely, because that's the client experience, but it's also what happens for us as the business leader, the consultant, the expert, yes. where we go, okay, we just need to be testing and measuring. Yes. We need to get comfortable with progress is better than perfection. Yes. We need to make sure we manage risks. We need to make sure that we're doing a post-event debrief where we go, ha, huh, am I exposed who else do I need to either A, collaborate with? What insurances do I need? What's another way that I can um, ramp up the value to that person 
or the high perceived value without increasing my costs. Yes. So the exchange rate, for example, is a key component that needs to be considered for people doing international retreats. But you do some great stuff within Australia, Jane, as well. And so there's no excuses for people not to participate in your programs um, in the sense of there's no barriers. No. No, that's There's right. no barriers. There's eligibility criteria, but there's no barriers to growing beyond one's own self-imposed limits. That's right. So you do great stuff in that space. I love that. You're very kind. Um, you, you keep on inspiring us, Taryn. So, um, <laughs> so I was fortunate to have a coffee with Taryn when, uh, when we got to the US and she'd just come off <laughs> that trip. I was like, wow, to pull that together in six weeks is just incredible. And I was sick. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, we both were. <laughs> we were both really hit by the flu and I knew I, I had prepared and and brought antibiotics with me because I always I get a travel kit from my GP before I travel, my general practitioner. And do you think I could find them while I was on the road? But as it turned out, Linda was a nurse, <laughs> my oh, client. Wow. And so my client was interceding for me and she's going, you need 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C. That <laughs> we're going to get you looked after. And I'm like, I don't mean to be taking care of you. Yeah. The beauty when you build community, oh, right. the community watches out for one another and it doesn't diminish your leadership ability to actually re receive some, su sorry, receive support yes. from your participants or your clients. It's actually quite lovely. Well, and it's actually a good way to, it's a great experience to kind of even go through because I say, you know, when we're building brand, brands built from clarity about what you, who you are, what you're trying to do, who you're trying to help. Um, that vision and purpose, communicating your value, yeah. so, which is where a really big part of that influence comes from. Yeah. Control is when things go wrong. And so control is, you know, often we think, oh, our brand shows up, you know, it's just social media stuff. And I say, no, it shows up when things go wrong. So your character, your true character. That's so right. in ways, it's sort of a blessing in disguise because we do actually get to see, well, if something doesn't quite go to plan, you know, we know this from building leadership programs like you, you know, my background yeah. is corporate building leadership programs and putting people into stressful situations just to see what would happen. Yeah, and yeah. What, what happens when the pressure's on, what squeezes out? Oh, that's right. So, you know, in Linda's case, you know, okay, if we're in a situation something doesn't go right, part of possibly, you know, who, her brand and who she is is she steps into care. You know, that's why she's... Yeah role that she's in and she's in that's right she's in she's yeah you know we default to our strength under pressure pressure if something goes wrong and um, and sometimes our clients will defend us we had um, our bags delayed when we flew from Dallas to Houston mm. so we got to Dallas early which meant our bags went on the bottom of the trolley when everyone else checked in and then when the bags were going into the plane our bags were on the top in the cargo bay so if they were full our bags actually got removed first ah, so when we got to houston on an hour turnaround time to get to another event and our bags didn't show up that was tricky but what was interesting is um she be she became defensive about a service uh, element on my behalf so it's interesting to watch how that how leaders will rise up against perceived injustice as well. So all that comes forward. Yeah. And that's about yeah. being vulnerable and just giving them the room to stretch. That's right. Absolutely. Mm. Excellent. Um, 
Taryn, one of the things that I come come up against or when I'm working with CEOs and um, yeah. you're in a unique position because, you know, um, uh, speaking is a big part of being an influencer. Yeah. And when I work with CEOs uh, in organisations and helping them to build their brand because in Australia we have this tall poppy, as you know, and it's not not necessarily a, a comfortable space for a CEO to say, I'm an influencer. You know, Australian CEOs I find over the period I've been working with them has been it's not about me, it's about everybody mm -hmm. else. I will stay in the background. You know, yep. yes, I don't I don't want to be harassed, I don't want salespeople, I don't want recruiters hassling me. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. there's this element of this is not about me, it's it's about everyone else. And one of the things that I often say to them is that is this is the exact same approach and mindset that we have with building a brand is that it is not about you. It's about mm. it's about your audience. It's about mm. engaging great people. It's about attracting great talent. Um, so there's that um, tension in trying to sort of balance that. I'm curious to ask you a little bit about, mindful of your time, curious to ask mm. you a little bit about how have you managed that? I mean, some might say, oh, but that's easy because you're a speaker because, you know, that's you naturally being influential and so as your role as, seen, as uh, president of, Nash, of, of uh, PSA, that's kind of yeah. an easy thing to do. But I'd imagine it's, it's not because you're, you're balancing a brand of an association as well as... Dual brands. You are balancing dual brands, yeah. yeah. So curious to know a little bit about how. What have you learnt through that? What 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 have you found works? And if if mm. a CEO is listening to this and they're going, yeah, how how does she do that? How does she feel comfortable doing that and managing her brand plus another brand and being uh, the influencer for both of those? And mm. how she get into that? It's a really great question because some CEOs might find themselves in volunteer roles like on stakeholder representation, um, representative groups. They might find themselves taking a volunteer role in a peak body, things like that, or yeah. stepping forward to be representative of an industry group, for example. So if I start with... Um, the Tarendine brand first, Jane. Yes. So one of the things that I needed to get really clear on was my identity mm. and where does my self-worth come from? Mm. And if I pass that responsibility of ownership of my worth as a human being and as a woman in leadership, but first and foremost, a human being, because mm. guys aren't immune to this, uh, to someone else, then that is wrong yes. and it's foolhardy. So... At the end of the day, when I go to my grave, I am responsible for how I live my life between my birth and my death, the yes. dash, how I live my dash. And this is not a sprint. This is an endurance race. Mm. Uh, this is a marathon. And at different times, I'll have someone running alongside me or on the sidelines as my pit crew or handing out the oranges that we had as kids, you know, quick, eat this to refresh at the Saturday morning sport, you know. Yes. I'll have someone running alongside me or in my circle of five, my inner clique, yes. that help me stay on track. So that means I don't get too big for my britches. But I don't think that's necessarily part of me anyway because I, I'm made from good Australian rural stock yes. where um, I'm a lateral thinker, 
I'm almost a female MacGyver. <laughs> my <laughs> husband is my husband is MacGyver for yeah. sure, um, but it's not at odds at all for me to put my work boots on and get out and muster cattle down on our, um, you know, down on property, etc., and and just do what needs to be done. Yes, that's what we do as resilient responsible citizens that are contributing to the well-being of our community, our family and our country. So when we do that, I also then progress through with this. I am aware of people's perceptions, but I'm not driven by them. Right. So to that end, as someone that has gone uh, through Bible college and has an advanced diploma in theology studies and is currently uh, lodging ministry credential applications. So in a couple of years, you can call me Pastor Taryn. But for right now, um, (laughs) for right now, the the one central responsibility I have is to recognize that the actions and the inactions that I take or don't take impact others. And so to that end, I have a duty of care to unwrap the talents that are within me, to walk with boldness and humility and be teachable. So I don't profess to know everything, but I also don't enter into false humility that says I don't know anything. Yes. So false humility is as bad as arrogance and pride that is egocentric. Yes. Whereas if we have a healthy sense of, I am very capable, I love what I do, I love engaging with people, let's see if we can understand more about what your problem is. If we're a solution that fits with you, that's awesome. If not, I'm not going to lead you along from that personal ethics and integrity point, then I'm going to guide you um, towards someone who I think may be able to support you. Yes. So that's what I do with the Taryn Dean that's what I do with me. And so that mirrors over into tarandine.com. Yes. Now, tarandine.com is actually a brand. It's a separate entity. Yes. And because I bring my whole self to it, in part, we're kind of the same thing, but I'm also at arm's length where I've learned to practice emotional detachment, yes. whereby if I make a mistake, I don't beat myself up. I yeah. go, oh, honey, that, you could have done that a bit better. Or, honey, mm, my, you didn't handle yourself with grace when the microphone didn't work properly. Or uh, was that you uh, getting impatient with the Christmas shopping car park? You know, and, and so if you can do some self-checks and you've got a good click around you that can your inner circle can help you on track, then you'll go a long way. In terms of coming into professional speakers, Australia... When I left my corporate role in 2009, I firmly understood that there is no growth in isolation. It's very dangerous as self-employed individuals to just be running by yourself. Mm. So I knew I had a message to share. I just wasn't aware that there were people out there like you and I who actually did this for a living. Yes. <laughs> you and I now who did this for a living back then. And so I began a, a journey of inquiry and so I Google, you know, I'm, look, I'm checking things out. And so PSA previously was known as National Speakers Association of Australia. And I found people right here in my own southeast corner of Queensland and I went, huh. So I found out about the industry peak body and I positioned myself as a student 
And so now through an active service, I have an opportunity to be kind of like, you know, not a teacher, but to give back. And so as someone that has 25 years experience in change management and culture and connection and capability, it's wonderful to contribute right now in this season for yes. PSA. Yes. So our organisation's going through some uh, key um, consolidation, which is shifting from a four-tiered membership to a two-tiered membership. Certified speaking professional and professional member yes. will be the two categories that go forward from January 1st, 2019. Mm. And those uh, membership categories of provisional member and uh, affiliates will have an opportunity to be guests and visitors at our monthly events to register as non-members for convention. But in order for them to have the benefits of PSA, they do need to strive, set their goal to be a professional member or a CSP. Yes. And your listeners can learn more about the membership tiers when they visit professionalspeakers.org.au. Yep. For me in this role, it is still... When you're a leader and you're entering into a, a role of service in addition to either your business role or your paid employment role, yes. it is still nonetheless your whole self that you bring. Yeah. And what I've had to realise, as I alluded to in, in the context of te being a teacher, mm -hmm. is that I'm also an educator. So when I come into this role, there are still members of the association, little m, whatever level they're at, yes. um, that there were still members who didn't know what I stood for, what I did, what my business practice was. Um, you know, I was a professional member, not a CSP. What did what did all that mean? Why why was that there? Right. And so there's a actually a greater responsibility on someone in this leadership role to build bridges with people and to to listen to really understand people's concerns, yes. but to be unapologetic about being trusted with the mantle of implementing change. Yes. Uh, when you're appointed to a leadership position, do so with grace and grit and, and don't shrink back, but ensure that you have your clique, your inner circle running alongside you and then get some specific advice for that season that you're in. So whether or not it's, um, in my case, past national presidents that I can I know I can pick up the phone and talk to at any time uh, colleagues around the world as part of the Global Speakers Federation I know I can do that yes. when it comes to my face with the brand yes. one of the things that I've found myself doing is um, we've recently negotiated some new strategic partnerships and that happens because of relationship yeah. People go, oh, we love what you're doing. And Taryn, we've been watching you for a while. We'd love to come and support PSA. So it's through the virtue of relationship and managing the communications around that is very intentional about how that happens. In our case as a peak body, we have an annual conference that comes up either March or April. And I suspect for the next 2019 to 2021, 22, that that will always be in March due to when the... Easter holidays fall. Yes. Um, that's why we have a convention convener that is separate to the national president because right. that person needs to be driving that. Yes. And so we, we want to manage brand fatigue or overexposure. So yes. there's a lot of forethought around 
how do we leverage the specific volunteer roles within an association mm -hmm. so that the leader, the national president, can be the strategic figurehead, can go out and use his or her brand and her face without diluting what she does separately. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's balancing evolution. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. And I just really want to acknowledge you for your hard work and in, in the commitment oh, that you have for, for supporting um, the speaking industry and for all of us mm -hmm. as speakers and but particularly for the audiences that we try to go and serve, you know, through the work that you do for mm -hmm. us means that we can help more people, we can get in front of more people. There's people who don't get to sometimes go to certain things because, you know, for budget yeah. response, but, you know, it gives us, I think this community is so important for influencers um, because uh, we talk about in the expert influencer model that I talk about is there's, there's one quadrant where I talk about the awareness quadrant and, and that is getting mm -hmm. in front of people who have never heard of you before and don't even mm -hmm. realise that they have the problem that you solve. And That's so right. one of those people is not only just key to growing your business but it's about creating the impact on the planet that we've all been put on to, here to make. So yeah. it only takes that one person to go, wow, I thought I had this problem, but now seeing you, now we create conscious awareness and now that person has choice. And yeah, so, exactly. And whereas they were disempowered through something that they didn't even know was happening, perhaps. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Jane, some Sundays when I'm, you know, standing up in front of a congregation, for example, and, and just sharing a message, I share this piece, which I think is... Um, evergreen whatever someone's values base might be and that is having heard a piece of information it's like a seed and we do need to determine what our soil is are we going to receive it are we going to let it take root is it a positive thing that yeah. we will allow to prosper and grow and then provide shade for someone else or is it a negative thing that we actually need to pull out by the root look at it and go ha huh, I don't need that information in my life. I don't need that negativity, that bitterness, um, that opinion, which is actually quite judgmental or, or not to anyone's um, benefit. Yes. And then take responsibility for that spoken word yes. and as an audience member to take responsibility for the word that we've heard. And so it is with your podcasts and your wonderful um, content that you bring each and every occasion people are now responsible for how they process what you deliver. Yes. And to that end, our job is then, for that portion, our job is complete and the baton gets transferred to the recipient and they need to determine what they're going to do with it. Yes. Yeah, well, it's so true and I think it's important work, that, you know, to be an influencer speaking really is such a big part of being able to grow your influence and regardless of whether you're speaking at conferences and, and stages of thousands of people to a small group even at work or in your business That's community, right. even if you're just, if you're hosting a dinner and you've got five people, you're still hosting, you're still creating influence, you're still in a position of, authority to help people create change so um so um so to find out a bit about if you want to find out about psa or professional speakers yeah. association we can go to the psa website it's p it's professionalspeakers.org.au yes. and psa convention which is our annual march convention psaconvention.com.au 
and monitor both those websites, but monthly events in capital cities around Australia, um, typically January through until November every year. Yes. Um, and there's also a range of opportunities for people that are currently speaking uh, out in the marketplace that may not have heard of PSA, go have a look at the membership criteria on professionalspeakersaustralia.org.au because you may find, I should say, yeah, professionalspeakersaustralia.org.au. Yes. Um, you may find that you already qualify for the professional member status that would make you eligible to join the association uh, anytime from January 1st, 2019. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's, I often find that I come across people speaking and we go, actually, do you know that you could become a member? There's a whole community of us. And they go, wow, really? Um, yeah, we do this. <laughs> yeah, we, do. What? we get all these benefits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so I would really encourage those who are thinking about becoming an influencer um, or how do, I, how do I make this part of my work? I know when I first went to my PSA event, I sat next to the beautiful Trish Jenkins uh, at my very first event. So Trish is yeah. a speaker on resilience and and um, and I know the difference it's made for me. I try to go to as many as I can uh, because, you know, even at times when, you know, we go out and we work with some of these big conferences, whether it's locally or overseas, even still coming back to learning so much, there's so many foundational things that uh, and and to tapping into the expertise of the uh, community. So regardless of the state you're in, so whether it's even if it's here or if it, or even if you're in the US, there's the National Speakers Association over there. I'm always encouraging people to get along to a chapter event, go meet some people in the industry, yeah. to get comfortable that this is going to be part of what you're doing. This is not necessarily going to be just a once-off. This will actually be part of what you need to do to be able to create that influence and, and lead people through change. Jane, you're right. Um, at 2018 convention, I uh, did a walking interview in the corridor with Alan Pease, right. Body Language that yes. sold more than 22 million books. Yeah. Does a lot now in Russia and Eastern European countries. And he says, I've been doing this for a long time. He's very candid. Yes, he is. I've been doing this for a long time. And when you're out on the road and you're doing all this, it's lonely and it's lonely. But you've got to keep reinventing yourself. You've got to keep understanding what the industry is doing and stay connected with people who understand what you do. Yes. And that's, you know, sage advice from someone like Alan P, CSP. So I value the association. I've grown up in it. Um, I do want to just reconfirm the URL for the website. It's professionalspeakers.org.au. Okay. Um, so check out those details with member benefits from insurance, Shutterstock, airlines, uh, media, uh, publications and a whole bunch of other technology tools. So it's very yes. exciting. Yes. Yeah. So make sure you jump along to an event, have a look on the website. Uh, it's a great way to connect with other influencers and to get a sense of how this game works and also to right. be inspired by others who maybe you're not around people who are saying, what the hell do you think you're doing? Who does she think she is? Is Well, actually, 
<laughs> we're kind of used to that. Come hang out with us. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, I think Tribe is a really big part of getting, you know, that, yeah. the right people around you. And to find out more about the amazing Taryn Dean, if you want to learn more about Taryn's work, is we can go to tarandine.com. Yes? Correct. Yes. And uh, and so and you work across Australia, and if not globally, you're always doing um, incredible work. So jump onto Tarandine, and if people want to uh, connect with you, perhaps on LinkedIn or anything like that. And they yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, the handle is Tarandine, T-A-R-A-N-D-E-A-N-E, on LinkedIn, Google, Twitter, Pinterest and Facebook, and then at Corporate Cinder, Cinderella on Instagram, but that'll be changing to at Tarandine from January 1st. All right, terrific. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us today, Taryn. We really appreciate your time. We know how busy you are. And, uh, you know, thanks again for all you do for us as speakers. Absolute pleasure, Jane. Congratulations on all your achievements and the difference you're making. Thank Biggest you. respect. Bless you. Thank you. Thank you.